like that I used. And then we're going to go right into this circle. And that is going to be, all right, Psalms 1830. That's what we're going to do. Psalms 1830. We're going to start there. Then we're going to hit this. I love this this vision because I feel like it's Twister. <laughs> like you're playing Twister. How I see this vision. But it's all in order. We don't get anything mixed up. <laughs> you don't put the left hand on the blue and the green hand, your left right hand on the green. All right, praise God. I like it. Yeah, it's very straight. You like that, don't you? That gives you a Christmas girl. And Carrie, calm down. All right, praise God. Let me, let's open up with prayer. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you so much. We thank you for the awesome things that you have done in our lives and with us and through us. Most of all, Lord, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. You're our helper, our counselor, the one that aids us in understanding the perfection of your ways and allows us to hear and know and heed to the counsel that you are advising us on the path that we are headed towards in you, in Christ, your son. So, Lord, we honor you. We glorify your name. We lift up your name in honor of all the beauty that you bring into our lives. Lord, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for the understanding of it and, Lord, and the wisdom that you want to impart in us so that we can walk this journey out in Christ by faith. Lord, we love your son with all our heart. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. All right, the beautiful thing is today is the last day we're doing the awareness of grace. We've done three different teachings and three different ways that you can take this chart and hate it out. The only way I've, I've never taught it, though, in the way that was in the book. Okay, we have our little book, the vision book. All right. So we've never taught, I've never taught it from these scriptures. So today I'm going to do a quick teaching just using these scriptures. Because when you have this book with you, you want to be able to pick this book up and what? Use it to help draw somebody to the truth. Okay, that's the purpose of this. This is not the Bible. This is just a way of helping us teach somebody else. So I wanted to open up with this scripture. Psalms 1830, because I talked about this last night. As we are called in, this is, we stand here, and there's a time that we are called in. We are standing in the calling spot. But we're standing in the calling spot. To get to the next spot, you have to get there by what? Faith. Well, the one thing, when you move from a position in Christ, as he is maturing you into what you're called to do, we can only be in Christ by faith. All right? Well, we have to believe. We have to know that we move by faith, not in what we can see. And we have to be able to trust him while we're doing it. But nobody comes into that fullness of belief, that fullness of faith, and that fullness of trust until they actually start experiencing it. We don't understand things until we what really experience the moment. So... That means sometimes we're going to stumble and make mistakes in the experience. But if we come back and then do it, what? Right when we pass the test, that's how you know you're in Christ and walking by faith is that you come back and he draws a line in the sand and says, sin no more on the way. He actually draws that line and says, okay, great. You are my child. You're getting to the next what? Spot, which the ultimate spot we want to get to is what? Settled 
in the time when we are called into a situation, we're going to suffer. We have to go through perfect. We have to be established. We have to be strengthened. We have to be settled. The last time I taught this, if you're called, then God already says you're what? Established. If you are suffering, God already says that he's going to do what? Strengthen you. If you are working on the perfection of your faith, trust, and belief, then he already calls you what? Settled. You always have to know that there's an end belief from the beginning start. Called, when you're called, you're established. He wants you to know you are established in what he has for you. Now you just have to get to that spot where you can now receive from that position. So, there, so I like that. Every opposite word is motivating. He doesn't leave you and suffer without letting you know he's going to do what? Strengthen. He doesn't call you out of darkness and into the marvelous light unless he, he know he already established the moment for you. He doesn't start perfecting something if he doesn't know his promise is to do what? Settle you. And so when I saw that chart, that's the first thing I saw. And then when the scriptures backed it up, that is really awesome that he actually puts us in that growth. So I opened up with this because this pretty much lets us know the only way we're going to get through the awareness of grace and get through the process is going to be because we have belief, we're building our belief, we're building our trust, and we're building our faith. It says, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is what? Proven. Now, Todd and, Char- and, and Sheila were already here last night, and I used this. He is a shield to all who trust in him. Every time you get into a different position, you are going to start gaining trust in him. What type of trust you're gaining in? Okay, first the word he tells you, but you're going to trust that he still loves you in that position, and you're going to trust that his promise is what's across the board. So when you're being called, I know when people come in here, they're not sure about this place. Okay, they're being called, but the whole time God's sitting there saying, you're established. But I know for you to really believe that, you're going to have to go through what's before, suffer and some perfection of understanding. So this is where I love it. God doesn't ever leave us not in order, but we've got to start with this. This is his way. He sent his son to show us the way, the truth, and the life. Awareness of grace is his way. Grace is his way. And that's what he came to show us because we're all human. And when he died on the cross for us, he died for forgiveness of our sin. So I want everybody to remember, God created this way and his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all those who trust in him. So let's go to 2 Timothy 1.9. And Todd, if you can turn the volume just slightly down, would be great. Because when we're called into this, all right, we're playing Twister. This is Twister Day. Have you ever seen it when I did it like this? This is Twister. It is cute. But I said the, the only thing that, that, that this works out right is that I said your right foot doesn't go on a blue spot and your other hand gets all confused. There's order <laughs> in this game. But okay. So when we are taking in the calling, 2 Timothy 1.9 says, Who had saved us and called us with a holy calling? Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time again, before time began. 
So remember I said, when you stand here and you get called, all you have to do is turn around and keep reminding yourself, I'm already established. So no matter what, even though you can't see what that establishment is, you have to know you are because he says, I say who saved us called us with a holy calling. So when we get that drawing, we are drawn by the spirit into what we're called to do. And that's the first entering in to this cycle of awareness of grace. You have to be called in. In ordination, we were learning that the person who calls us in is the evangelist. The evangelist calls us in. That means somewhere before you enter this door, somebody has touched something in your spirit has been touched. Because when people just don't walk off this door and then keep coming in at the same time. I've noticed people have come off the street and they're like, woo, what's in this building? It's a while before they come back. You know what I mean? It's a while. They have to soak all then. But when somebody meets somebody outside these doors and then they come in into the place. Now it's quiet. You come in because somebody else has trusted you. You felt that calm trust that somebody brought you in here. So he reminds us, but it's not according to our works. I love that. When the Lord shows me all that time, you can't do the things you used to do. Why? Because it's not going to get you where I need you to be and what I have called you to do. So there is a thing he reminds us. He reminds us a lot, not according to works, but according to his own purpose and his grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus. Thank God that we have the son of God to show us the way, the truth and the life. All right. So let's go to Romans eleven twenty nine. So everybody's called when it's time for the move and order for things to go. It says for the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. All right. When you come into your calling, you're coming in already knowing what you're good at. You already come knowing what you do well. But when you come in knowing you do those things well, God now says, now this is not going to be according to, to your way. It's going to be according to how I'm going to change you in that way. But you're already established to do it. And those gifts are still good gifts. How many of you feel that you fail in the things you did good before you came, but when you come here, it doesn't work? It doesn't work. It can't work. Because if they're not sanctified unto him, well, then they don't work. But when they become sanctified unto him, now he's going to show you why did I give you that gift? Why did I give you? Why did I call you out of darkness and into light? Why have I called you into that marvelous place? And you know what? It doesn't sure feel marvelous at first. And that's what we have to be motivating to people. We have to motivate people by showing them the goodness, encouraging them in the goodness, and then seeing the goodness in us, them seeing the excitement in us. But it has to be real. It has to come from real experience. So I like it where it says, it reminds us that these gifts and callings that we think aren't working for us anymore are still given by him and they are going to work. They're just now going to work sanctified unto him. We don't know very much about ourselves or who we are until we're sanctified unto him. So he can use them for his way. Isn't that beautiful? He has a holy calling. You know, people can always say, hey, Lee, you're good at landing things. You're good at this. But no, the holy calling was landing his people into the truth. All right. So that was, that's really what that gift for. Not always land in a house and selling it <laughs> or getting something into working the way I think it should work. All right. When you can see in his, I love this. When we talked about this last night, there is, um, there is a path, a holy highway that you have to, you run on, but the world cannot see that highway and people are working, people are running that highway and you can't, you can't see it. People who aren't in it can't see it. 
And I liked it. You know, there's a morning when you're not on the highway and he's already called you to it. I like it. There's a straight line to exactly where you need to be, but you've got to walk it on his way. It is really cool. You ever see those little tightrope things at a circus and somebody's walking on a tightrope and they have to do what? Balance. And they have to be very what? Sober. And they have to be very what? Careful. Because you, I mean, usually when people look down, they what? Fall. Okay. But you have to walk it carefully and know the move you're going to hear and how you're going to follow. That's why learning to hear the voice of the Lord, walking through this awareness of grace is so important to that. But you know what? After we're called, we've, there's a period of suffering, Romans 8.18. And I like this because the suffering part is when you move from here to here, you're now in the spot where nothing feels comfortable. Nothing feels comfortable to you at all. Nothing works the way it is. He is cutting off things that he never put into your life because you've agreed to the calling. The first thing you have to do is agree to that calling. You have to really agree to that calling. And you know it because you've agreed and now you stepped in and now you think what? Everything around you is what? Falling apart, okay? It says, Romans 8, 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So that means the word is telling us. And remember, we start off with, we have to believe this word because this is the proven word. This is the truth. We talked about it last night. He, Paul is saying, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time. So that means we're going to feel the suffer. We're going to feel the pain of the place that somebody else took that God was ready to enter into. I, 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 I look at like we all have a little heart and God wants to fill it in like a crayon. He wants to color it in, right? And so every time he colors it in, all right, but if we give it, what color is a heart? Red. So every time we see a heart, it should be colored what, right? Red, right? We think of a red heart. We go take a blue crayon. <laughs> we go take a green crayon. We start coloring another color, right? All right, I'm being cute about that. Meaning sometimes we give authority to something else when God has called it to be what it is for him first, then to share with others. We are to love God with all our heart, all our soil, all our strength. And then he says, and we are not to love any other God. And then we are to what? Love one another as he has loved us. So we're to love one another, but we can't do that until he has that space in our heart. He's got to have that space. Then you can love another. Isn't that powerful? In every element of our life, it hasn't been filled in with him first. Well, then everything else is what? It's a counterfeit. Everything else was, it was in the wrong motive. But if you surrender it to him and consider what you're going through at this present time, not worthy to be compared with the glory which he's going to reveal to you later, well, then you've now given it to him and then he will use you. So, but everybody, the suffering zone, that's the first thing you're walking by faith. You know, it says in Christ by faith. He tells us in Philippians 3.13, Todd, I'm backing this up. Philippians 3.13. It says, I do not consider, oh, I'm sorry, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. So when you go and move from the calling 
and you recognize, and see, this is good. Now, if I tell you today the things that you're going to recognize, well, then be okay when you're going through it. Because he tells us he doesn't want us to look back. Don't go, don't get out of my awareness of grace. Getting out of the awareness of grace is doing what? Looking back, looking back, looking back. Yeah. Mike. This, this hit me um, a while back when I was talking to um, boys. When we get out, when you said that, it, we get out of the awareness of grace right. and we refuse to walk through the suffering. Right. Now we enter what I'm going to call the circle of sin. It's especially for the born again man who knows there's a calling. Because when we get out of that, out of the awareness, we enter back into the circle of sin to where we're going back and we're doing the same thing we're doing again. Then we begin to beg God to forgive me again. Then he forgives me again. And it's, it's that same circle until we finish and decide we're going to have to go through. You can delay your promise. Yes. You can delay your next position if you don't walk through by faith the position he's put you in at that time. You're right. You're out of the awareness of his of grace. If you look here, this is the spirit, the intuition, the communion, and the discernment. Well, if you are worshiping God, reading your work, word, and he's moving you into these segments, do you know this discernment ring gets really wide? It goes out there. That means I, when I started worshiping, I could get near a person and I felt something. I could feel like I could feel things off people because my discernment ring is what? Live. <laughs> my conscience is so alive and aware to who? God, that I have that you have a ring and that ring. I like it. It's like, um, you know, a bubble and the bubble hits into another bubble. What do they do? Bounce off each other. When you are in this ring. And you are seeking God to hear his voice and you are communing with him. Do you know that's your protection? And then anything can come. You can be in suffering, but something can come, but it's got to hit itself off. It cannot touch you. Remember what we talked about trust. He trusts his word is a shield of faith. It sets up a standard for a, a person who is seeking God and seeking his grace and they're allowing themselves to go through the process, he lifts up the standard. And you know what? He's not going to let you walk into things that you shouldn't walk into. He's going to, you feel it. Do you know what I mean? Now, whether you choose it, then you decide to step out of the order. Okay. And so this is like a freeze frame. Then it becomes like a freeze frame. You're frozen in a moment of something you don't understand. And so, but God calls you right back in. If you all, I mean, one John, I loved it when I read that verse. I thought that was really cool. I loved it. Have you, what do you go ahead? Oh, okay. Trials. Because when you're in the suffering, you're definitely in some trials. And the trial has to do with what your old mind believed and what your new mind and what the new renew mind of Christ, which is trying to be processed in you. It says trial, trials. When life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that I'm not on the job. Yes, that's awesome. Instead, be glad that you are in the thick of what I experienced. Accept your ordeal as a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. There are many ways to suffer for me. The most obvious one is to experience the persecution and presenting the gospel to others. However, when you endure any kind of adversary or adversity in the Christ-like way because of your love for me, 
I view this as suffering for me. So do not lose heart when the trials you are going through seem endless. You can even rejoice that you are sharing in what I experienced as a man of sorrows, familiar with suffering. Invite me into your struggles. I understand them better than anyone else, and I want to help you with them. When you are suffering, when your suffering is prolonged, the greatest temptation you face is escapism, trying to get away (laughs) from your problems at all costs, even irresponsibility. If you endure life's blows in trusting dependency on me, I can bring much good out to them. I make all things work together for the good to those who love me. Consider your trials a part of your education. I love that. A spiritual refining process. Since you are my follower, your suffering will definitely end someday. To help you preserve, keep focus on the reward. Glory just around the corner. That's perfect. That is awesome. It reminds you that during that whole time, just like I said when we opened, in calling, you already know you're established. In suffering, you're already what? He's already, that's the purpose behind everything. It's a purpose. You're called for the purpose of what? Being established. You're suffering for the purpose of what? Being strengthened. Nobody can advance in the awareness of grace without suffer. So guess what? When people come in here and they're suffering, I am my most happiest for them. Why? Because nobody's a bad person. Jesus came to redeem us. But he came to redeem us where follow me. I love that. Those who love me will what? Repent. Repent means to change your way of thinking. Ask for forgiveness. Move on the cycle. Because he is strengthening you. He is strengthening you. 1 Peter 4.12 says, 1 Peter 4.12, that was awesome. Thank you, Todd. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. So I like it. Wherever there's a beginning, there is an end. So wherever a a suffer starts, there is a finish. But the whole purpose is that he is strengthening you. So don't be concerned with the fiery trial. That's when you pass the test. The other day, we Zinni came in the office. She passed a test, something that normally would have had her messed up for the day. Didn't she pass the test? She, she had a rental house that kind of got messed up, and it got messed up bad. And normally, Zinni would be down for a couple days, wouldn't she? She'd be so upset, so worried. This girl was sitting at my computer looking at her old beautiful, the pictures that were beautiful, and she really had peace. I even texted her, I felt your peace. There was a measure of peace that you can tell that that was awesome. We get tested with circumstances, things that are going to make us question, and then you move through suffering so quickly the next time because it's not a suffer anymore because the peace of Christ is in you, and he came to build a peace within you. He knows we're going to experience the fiery trials and the circumstances, but they're to advance you. All right, let's move on to perfect. So everybody understands If you haven't gone through, I love this. Yep, God called me. My life is great. Man, now, okay, that's the way I used to be. Hey, yeah, 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 I go to church. I give my tithes. I do this. I got my daughter back. I mean, I did baptism, got her confirmed. I'm, hey, church is good. Gene watched me say that to him. Hey, aren't you going to come over? No, I belong to the Episcopal Church. Good. (laughs) Church is good, right? Because why? It was feeding my flesh. That church was not feeding me. 
I didn't know I needed to be fed. So I like it. So I walk into this church, right, this ministry, and everything starts changing. (laughs) And you can feel it because it's uncommon to our flesh. Our spirit is whole. It knows the truth. Our spirit is saying to us, grace is restored to wholeness. Grace establishes a solid foundation. Grace provides a what? Strength. I'm reading upside down. To stand firm. Grace brings his best and fullness of his promise. Now, people in the church really don't conceive that. They don't conceive that. They really do believe like I believed. I go to church. I go on Sunday. I volunteer. I do my things. And I'm a good person. And do not deny that. (laughs) Do not deny that. Don't come into that. But when you actually come into your true calling, you're holy. He is pulling you in. Don't you think you're not going to go through suffering? Because that's a sign you are in it. I like it. People will say to me, God's really given up on me. He has not given up on any of us. You're right where you need to be in the suffer. But then he moves you into perfect. 1 John 2, 5 says, now I like this, because once you realize I'm not supposed to be staying in the suffering, because this is where the, sometimes you, there are people who get stuck in the suffering, and they're like this. They're really like this. I'm stuck in the suffering. <laughs> and I can't get out, and I don't want to. Right? They really do. You stay in that awful position, and you are, it's not funny. But, I mean, I'm laughing now because I remember thinking, I think I feel good there. <laughs> I started feeling like, because the longest rotation, but getting through, you're there a long time. Because you don't know what, you don't have the tools yet. And it's got to be a revelation of it. You don't get out of suffering until you get the revelation of the move. And then he shifts you by what? Faith. He shifts you in what you can't see because he wears you out in the suffering. I'm telling you, I love watching people in the suffering because (laughs) I already know the next word is the best word. Perfect. (laughs) It says, but whoever keeps his word. Okay. If you are now communing with God, you're standing here, right? And you're in this zone and you are communing with God and your discernment rings are out there. And he says, but whoever keeps my word that you what? The intuition of God heard the word, heard the word. And the word is an instruction to those who will heed to it. It is a counsel and he will. And and what did we read last night? It's going to bring you what? goodness. It's going to bring you happiness. It's going to be fortunate. It's going to bring you blessing. So he says, but whoever keeps his word, truly, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know that we are in him. All right. So now there comes a time we held on to his word. We held on to the word and we started feeling different. We actually started, I love going through the doorway of change. We started believing. We started what? trusting. Now my faith is going to increase up another notch. And I'm going to realize that word, that word is starting to work. It's becoming, it's now being perfected in you. All right. It's being perfected for a time of use. All right. And you're actually getting comfortable with that word. You're actually becoming that word a little high. Okay. So let's go to John. I'm sorry. So everybody gets perfect, right? Perfect is when you're really falling in love with that word and you're starting to feel the peace of that word. Go to James 3.2. James 3.2. It says, for we all stumble in many things. 
If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Okay, whatever word he has given you in here, and he is perfecting you in that word, you have to hold on to that word because that word, if you abide in it and heed it, is going to what? It's going to bring you into a good place. He says he is a perfect man. If anyone does not stumble in that word. Okay, so what's the first thing we're doing? We're stumbling in that word. We're going to experience the fiery trial. But then there hits a point where we don't stumble it. We believe it. We do it. We come into agreement with it. And boy, then you've just, you it's like Legos locking. Something's happening. A soul shift. A soul shift is truly happening at that time. Because you're willing to bend on that word. Go to, um, Todd, go to, um, go to Proverbs 1620. Proverbs 1620. Proverbs 1620 says, he who heeds the word wisely will find what? Good. That's what's happening here. He who heeds that word wisely, okay, will find good. And whoever does what? trusts in the Lord. When you're, you are being perfected at that moment, you are trusting in him. That person is what? Happy. Okay. You are only happy when you understand the truth. We are not happy when we don't understand where we're going, why we're going there, what we're doing. We have to walk in faith because this is just a process, but every person can stand right now and they can see where they are in this process right now. Everybody's in one of these positions at all times. It's a constant circle. It keeps going because what's it doing? It's elevating us up. It's elevating us up into different places. So each and every one of us is standing in one of these places. And the more we worship and the more we're in touch with him every day, the more we trust the Lord, he is going to give us that word. He's going to give us the one that we're to love. We're to fall in love with that word. Do you ever find a word? And you really don't understand it. And then you start meditating on it. And then you start falling in love with it. Because, and then, because you become it. And then guess what happens? A measure of you starts falling in love with you. Get it? A measure of you starts falling in love with you. That's exactly what I've experienced. Every time I've stood on the word that I didn't think I could do. And then every time I, I got into that perfect. And I moved right into established. I felt, I love myself. Because I love him. And I'm an image of him. So the more another little of image develops in me, we start falling in love with who we really are. And man, we all come in here, we don't know who we really are. We think we know who we are. So now we're established. Established, Psalms 90, 17. Now we are established. Now we've got that, we've clicked on that that word is the truth. We've clicked on with the love. We've clicked on. Now in faith, he's ready to position us to the place of established, the place he already had. Do you like how this is the top of the chart? It's like a, um, it's like you're hitting the top of the mountain, right? You're hitting the climax of the moment, the thing that makes you so excited. It says, and let the beauty of the Lord our God be what? Upon us. We're on top of the mountain here, Ta- Carrie. We are on top of the mountain standing here. We're on the top of the cycle. We now see the beauty of God working in our lives because he says, and the Lord God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, 
establish the work of our hands. Let me tell you something. A person who has come in, drawn in, there's a work to be done. We, there is a work to be done. There is a word, a word you have to heed, and you have to know it's wise counsel. And guess what? He is not going to turn away the work of your what? Hands. He says, I am going to clean up your hands, and he's going to do what? Purify your heart all at the same time. As you allow this to happen, he's establishing you. Go to Deuteronomy 8.18. Deuteronomy 8.18. Praise the Lord. Isn't this awesome? So when you get to the top, what do you think of the top of when you're on a carousel? You can see what? Everything. When you're on the top of the carousel, it is what? Beautiful. It takes your breath away. Because guess what? The light of the Lord is upon you because you've allowed whatever that word is, whatever that instruction he has given to you, you've allowed to suffer with it. You now have allowed yourself to be perfected. And now he is establishing something firm, rooted, and grounded. The word says, and you shall... Remember the Lord your God. Whatever's going to happen to you with the end of the Sabbath, you know it. it's not you. It can only be him who gives, who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. When you, wherever we are all, but when we hit this point, that means you're about to be move into blessing. You are about to move into blessing because you know it is only your God who has shown you his way. And it's only his way that helped you get through the suffer. And it was only his way that helped you through perfection. And so now you're an established. Isn't this awesome? And this is what he already promised our forefathers. He already, what he has promised us, he's promised to give us. All right. Now, after we get that revelation, it's a fullness. It's a beauty. Now we shift in faith. He's now, he doesn't, he's not going to do something without testing it. He's not good. Hey, I got ahead of myself. I already used this verse. (laughs) That's funny. He is going to strengthen us. So let's go to Zechariah 10, 12. Zechariah, I already used Philippians here, the Philippians. Zechariah 10, 12. It says, so I will strengthen them in the Lord and they shall walk up and down in his name, says the Lord. So that means when you get this revelation, you are coming down off the carousel. He is now going to strengthen you in another measure of experiencing the rhythms. There's going to be ups and there's still going to be downs. And you get like a little bit freaked out at this spot because you're so high on this spot and then you start feeling something again because why? Look at the parallel polar moves. If you're moving into strengthening, sometimes you go back and you feel your what? Suffering. It's a polar opposite. So when you get there, you're still going to feel some of the ups and some of the downs that you kind of, you're being tested. Do you understand? Because the things that you suffered before are still going to come back to you for a test. Things are still going to come back and test you. That's right. The beautiful part is because you've gotten through the perfect and established, you don't feel the pain of the suffering. You actually are now strengthening means you already know you're going to pick up a hundred pound weight and start doing some weightlifting, right? So you know you're going to pick up that weight. You're doing it because the energy behind you wants to be what? Strengthened. So you know you're going to feel what? There's going to be some workout. There's going to be a pain, but that pain doesn't bother you. 
Because why? You're doing it to get what? Come on, how many people work out and they love the wear out? Okay, because you're being strengthened. You got it? You get it? All right. But when you were in suffering, you didn't know what to do. There was no order. It's just he was working something out of you. But now in the strength that you actually can, you actually stand in this spot and you look at suffering and say, I got it. This is what that. Oh, I yielded to that. That is what the person staying right here. But there's no more pain anymore. You actually are rejoicing in God because of the ups and the downs and the ups and the downs. And you got it. Okay. You're in the rhythm. There's a rhythm that after you get established, man, now you're walking through it. You're walking through it. Doesn't mean that the world changes around you. You have changed from the inside out. You are gaining another place. When you hit the end of this settled, boom, another measure of glory grows in with you and it can't be taken away. If it's real, it doesn't go away. All right. You have to keep exercising and keep moving, but the strengthening is awesome. And then that's where I already talked about Philippians 4.13. If you want to put that up there, Philippians 4.13 again. But in this verse, the way they're writing it, it says, I have strengthened. I have strength. Oh, Philippians 4.13. Go ahead. In the strengthening, you can identify what you suffered with there. But you probably yielded to the temptation there. But now it comes again. So that same time. Remember, you have to pass the test. That same temptation comes back to you. But this time it was easy. Those ups that you, you, you resisted that. Right. That's excellent. Here it was an adversary coming to bring you down. Here it's an opposition. You identify it. And in an opposition, you can feel that it's coming towards you, but you don't connect to it. You won't connect to it. Right. You just went to it. It says, Philippians 4, I can do all things what? Through Christ that strengthened me. In the strengthening, you know what to use. You know what word. You know that it's the enemy. You know this is not going to get you anywhere. You know it. And so when it comes to you, so let, let's say, anything anybody has failed in recently, okay, and you knew you missed it, it's okay, right? Because it's going to come back. But now this time, if you've been perf- if you've been perfected and established, he is going to make it easier. It's easy to say what? No. It's easy to say, that's not me. That is the enemy. That is not Christ in me. I have to remember, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's a very good verse to say at that time. It keeps you in his column. In fact, when you feel opposition coming, stay in your worship. Stay in your word. In that time, the word that God gave you to perfect you is the word that's going to release you into your receiving. Okay, because when we hit into settled, that means you're about to receive the promise God has for you. Do you know everything that blocks us in suffering and then we identify in strengthening? Everything that blocks us, there is a blessing already attached to that if we can overcome. All right? When we can overcome, it says, drop all the weight, drop all the hindrance of those things that are going to hold you back from his promise, from what he has for you. So it says, 1 Peter 1.9 says, 1 Peter 1 9. And what time is it, Todd? Mm hmm. 1 Peter 1 9. Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. So there is something that we walk in life by faith. And as God purifies us to receive the blessing, He is redeeming that little part of your heart that I told you. Okay, that little part gets colored in with red. 
the blood of Christ. It gets colored in, and he now actually can now give you what he has for you because he can trust you. You've already been through the adversary. You've already been through the tempter. You've already been through the opposition. Now it's time to settle you and to enjoy what God has for you because now you fully understand. Come on, we never give a little kid... What would we? Oh, I'd never give a kid a marker in a room full of white walls. I mean, come on, right? So I would never get a kid a marker in a room full of white walls because what's he going to do? Color him up. He doesn't understand because he's just going to be doing what is free to him. But when he learns, no, 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 the markers are for this paper, not for walls. Do you get what I'm saying? A parent has to discipline a child to know their rules. But then they receive, and I'm going to use this little example. This is so cute. When Rachel was a little toddler, we had a rule. I am proud to say my daughter never threw a temper tantrum in a store. Okay? Why? Because I had to teach her how to behave. And I say that with smiling because the Lord, I can't say it was the Lord, but it had to have been the Lord because it was a good idea, right? would have been my idea. I would take her in and I'd sit her on the little rack and I'd say, Rachel. And she'd look at me. She was so cute. And I would say to her, I said, we're going to go in and you can pick one thing to hold. And she would get excited. And I would say, but you're going to have to kiss it and put it back to bed. I said, do you understand? She would be like, yes, yes. So we'd go through the aisles and she'd point. And I said, is that the one thing you want to hold? And Rachel would say, yes, right? And I would give her that one thing and she would love it, love it, love it. I remember we were in the Hallmark store. She sat by the one little, I said, now it's time to put it to bed. Rachel sat there with her little legs crossed, and she put the little animal there and just looked at it. And I waited, I waited, and she said, okay, mom. <laughs> she was, and she was like four years old when she did that. But I was so proud that but she had to learn that because I gave her what? An outline. I gave her a process. So if I didn't teach her that, knowing how to what? hold and release and know how to handle something, she would have been a kid doing what? I want this. But then I knew when Rachel was settled because every so often I would surprise her and I would buy that thing, but not at that time. And I would give it to her when I picked it up from school. And you would see her little face and it was always a little stuffed kitty. It, most of them were kitty cats. And so... And she would be so excited. So it was really learning that when we are settled, God wants to give us the thing we tried to hold on to. Do you get the, do you get the comparison? Rachel already looked around the store and she picked what she wanted, right? And when she picked what she wanted, she did what? She held up. But I told her, you have to do what? Let it, you have to put it good night. Let it go. And then if it really, well, I didn't do it to her every time, but then if it was meant for her, one day, in her little car seat, she would come running off the little line, and what was in her seat? The little stuffed animal that she always wanted. And see, Rachel and I have a good trust like that, because she knows when I give her something, it's real. It's real, because she was definitely one of those kids that would hold on to something so tight, it's hard to get Rachel to let it go. Just as all of us, we're no different than a child. We are all children. And so it's awesome that God wants us to trust him like that. He wants to trust him where he lets us see things we want, but we got to work things out with him and he needs to have that spot. And how do we know he has that spot? We can put it back on the shelf and kiss it goodnight. We can put it where it needs to be on the shelf. And then we can, and then when the receiving comes, we're like little kids at Christmas, right? 
We all know how it feels to get something that we always wanted when we were little. And we received it freely and our hearts were so pure because we wanted it so what? Bad. And that's the best way to describe this because that's exactly what he wants to do. I can talk about human adult life situations, but it's all about what he wants us to connect in the love of it. A little kid loves and cherishes little things. Come on, look at a little kid who carries his what? Blanket. How hard is it to get a blanket? Did you love your blanket? You breathed in. I sure you did love your, I can see that Todd. Todd had a blanket that he loved to pieces. He had loved his, <laughs> but you had a toy. Everybody has one thing they love. Okay, we'll get scary. <laughs> you love Paige and God gave you her. So you pointed her out off the shelf. I like it. And God gave you her. You did. She was sitting on a row. You pointed her right out. I want that. I want that toy on the shelf. Yeah, but it was better than that. All right, so settled. Let's go to last verse, John 14, 23, and we'll wrap this up. So we have God wants us to receive the end of our faith. He wants to know that he wants to give us all good things, but he's going to give it in his time and his order. It says, Jesus answered, John 14, 23 says, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will what? Keep my word. So check, it's telling us it's got to keep the word. And my father will do what? Love him. And he will do what? Come to him and make our home with him. Man, that's so awesome. I keep thinking about Rachel. I I remember this one kitty. And boy, that kitty became her favorite stuffed kitty. She slept with that kitty. She carried it until I got her a dog. <laughs> the dog took the place. But you have to think about it. It's just like that. If anybody loves me, he will keep it and keep his word. My father will love him. He will. He will love us. And he will come to him and make his home with him. At We're going to receive that promise. We're going to see that because we've filled him with the red marker in the heart. We gave that spot to him. Now he can give us that love back because he knows we won't what? Prostitute it. He knows we won't take advantage of it. He knows that we want, he, that we're going to steward it properly. So praise God. So we'll end with the last verse, 1 Peter 5.10. Beautiful. Isn't that an awesome little lesson? I love it. I love the connection of when I see this vision, I keep seeing this as a person standing, and then they have like a skirt, right? And then when the skirt turns, right? And then you see all these little things. Because if you're standing in Christ and you are raising your hands up, I drew Gina a picture before this chart was ever written. I mean, with a little girl with her hands up and the foundations were being built under her. And I kept seeing her as she turned around, all the strength of the discernment was swirling. And she got this full column between her and God. And she could say anything and they were communicating back and forth. And if she did it, then it could, the, nothing could stop the swirl. That's how I visually saw it. Remember that picture I drew that with the hands up? So if we're worshiping and we are raising our hands up to him in worship of love from our heart, there isn't anything. He does lift up a, a standard. He lifts up a wall of protection. And if you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're wrapped up in it, you're getting what? It is like Dorothy. You're getting swirled up in the house, right? Get, going right into where your destiny needs to be, but you don't understand what's happening all the time. Because he says... May the God of all grace, 
who called us to an eternal glory. That means everything we connect in his way is going to be what? Eternal. It's going to be eternal. It's going to have no end. By Christ Jesus. After you have suffered a little while, perfect, established, strengthened, and settle you. Settle you right in to what he created you to be. So praise God. Isn't that awesome? We just have to remember to press on through this. And the more we go through this as a unified as a unified body, and as we have testimonies of this, man, do you think how many people who come in here can get through this faster? Man, it took me, I, before Carrie came, I already knew Eugene a couple years, and then Carrie came a couple years, and look, we're just on our next round of people. Do you know what I mean? So it takes every group of people that come in, it should be what? Faster. But I love all our testimonies. I love Sheila's testimonies. I love Paige's. I love, Corn- I love Cornelius and Mamie's. Everybody is being thrown into this process of rotation so you can gain going from glory to glory. And you're becoming more of what he wants you to have. So isn't that awesome? All right. Praise God. Take time and study this vision and think about that like that. Think about where am I right now? And if you know where you're right are right now, go look at the next move. Do you know what I mean? And then if you are in that suffer right now, you find what's going to, there's going to be words that are going to strengthen you. If you enter in your perfected, you know to be perfected, he is trying to give you what you want. So it's beautiful. He's trying to settle you into his plan. Faith truly does come to an end. It is awesome.